come to you in the name of Jesus and, and we want to just thank you, God, for gathering us here. And we want to ask that your anointing would be on us. And we pray, God, especially for your anointing on our brother James as he shares with us. And I pray, God, that you would you would just also be with us as we listen to what is shared. And, and Father, help us to go home changed and different because of the word that we heard this morning. So, Lord, just guide us and guide us also in our fellowship meal. Guide us, Lord, as we as we. Just interact, help your name to be glorified, your kingdom built in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. God bless you, Thank you, brother. Good morning. Good morning. It's a blessing to be gathered together. In this way, we're gathered together like never before, and probably never again. <clears throat> I have to say that I'm a bit uh, apprehensive at this point, but I trust that the big God that Brother James was talking about will be able to help me through this, and I know he can. Amen. I have a subject on my heart that I would really love to bring forth, preach. Before I do that, I just want to say I greet you in the name of Jesus. It is a name that most people today know about <clears throat> but that's as far as it is and that's the burden that I have so a little bit of an introduction my name is James Loniker and I'm from New Haven Indiana which is a suburb of Fort Wayne Indiana and we are approximately 2,300 miles from here, the furthest that I was ever west. We drove here, and I would, I would have to say that was an enjoyable trip, which we actually were not looking forward to the traveling, because we do travel a lot, we do drive a lot. But uh, due to some circumstances, we were asked to drive to Gates, Oregon. So anyways, that's not important. I love the mountains. Never where we live, there's no mountains. The biggest mountain that we have is the potato hill in the garden. <laughs> now we have... Uh, Four children, twenty grandchildren, and two more on the way. It makes it uh, somewhat difficult to be away from them. But we do realize that God's grace is sufficient in those times too. He sees us through it. 
All four of my children live within 20 miles of my our home. And the blessings of it all is they're all born again, following Christ. Hallelujah. It didn't start out that way. I didn't come here to tell you about that story. But it was a journey that wasn't pleasant for me and my wife and our children. But God, in His great mercy and grace, delivered us and set our feet on the rock of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We travel a lot. We're actually full-time with Christian Aid Ministries as house parent chaplain. We get to see lots of people. And we get to see lots of different sorts of people. And the message I'm going to preach today is born from that. I'm not here to belittle anybody. But I am here to speak the truth. I'm here to warn us. That we are not exempt. From what I'm going to preach about today. I preached this message back home several weeks ago. And I thought it would probably be just as easy for me to do it again, since it's pretty fresh in my mind. But I did, I changed a few things in this message. Because I, as I looked across to, or listened to some of the things that I preached a couple weeks ago, some of the things I said were not accurate. They weren't wrong, but they weren't accurate. And maybe they were wrong. So I changed a few things. I'm going to title my message today as a question. And I want everybody in this room, I'm not talking about on the outside of these walls today. Even though it's out there. But what about... Every individual in this room, young people, old people, older people, middle-aged people, I want you to take a, take an inventory of where you are at on this subject. Because it's very vital for the next generation. We see very, very few 
sold out, living for Jesus in the third generation. Very few. They might make it in the second. Not out. It's very sad. Anyways, I'm going to title my message, Are You Lukewarm? And I'm here to tell you that I don't have this all figured out. The title of my message a couple of weeks ago was this. Are you a lukewarm Christian? I took the Christian off of it. It was moved by the Spirit of God and by some other brethren with a... With a a conversation about that. I don't believe, and I, can, I stand to be corrected with anything that I say today, okay? I'll open myself up. You can come talk to me before I leave here, and I'm open to dis- discuss it. But I don't believe there is such a thing as a lukewarm Christian. Or... A lukewarm church. And there's a lot that I would like to read today and from the scriptures. And I will do some of that. I'm go- if you have your Bibles, would you please turn to Revelations, Revelation 2. And we're going to just go briefly through some of these churches. Some of the seven churches. I may not go through all of them. I don't have time. Revelations 2. It says. uh, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. Write these things. Saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. Who walketh in the midst of the seven golden sticks. I know thy works. And thy labor. And thy patience. And how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and has found them liars. I don't have enough time to read all that, so just please bear with me. Think of that. Found them liars and has borne and has patience from a namesake and has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have someone against thee. Keep this phrase in mind as we go through this today. You have left the first love. I wanted to read that because I believe I'm. I believe I will come back to that somewhere through the message. I'm not even sure where. Thou hast left thy first love. So I'm going to move, move into Revelations 3, verse 14. There's, a, there's a several times that in these scriptures that we're going through or looking at, there is a verse that I want you to pay attention to. And actually, verse 13, which there's many prior to that, 
chapter 3, verse 13, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. An angel of the church of Laodiceans, write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, and thou art neither cold nor hot. I, I thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, notice, it does not say, Thou art a lukewarm Christian. That's where I was, that's where I got the attention. So because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. That's strong words. That's a strong warning. And that's why I want to preach on it today. Question number two. What does it mean to be lukewarm person or a people? What does it mean? It can be hard to work through this if we find ourselves there. Because it means confronting a lot of behaviors that have become normal. A lot of behaviors that have just simply become normal. You fill in the blanks today. You fill in the blanks. Lukewarm means neither hot nor cold. In the context of faith, the lukewarm meaning in the Bible describes someone who hasn't completely denied Jesus but isn't completely living for him either. That's a pretty good definition. Yeah, I love Jesus. Yeah, I love Jesus. I hear this a lot. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it just comes out of the mouth. That's all, that, that's all it is. Watch how he walks. Pay attention of where he goes. Pay attention of the everyday conversation other than that. How about us? <clears throat> faith without works or works without faith. And we're not going to preach about that. It says they have a lukewarm faith, a faith in name, but not in action. <clears throat> to
To sum it up in a simple sentence, lukewarm faith is a faith that doesn't affect the way you live. It's interesting. And this is another place where I found out. Is the term lukewarm Christian should it ever be used? No, it should not be. Because what makes Christian a Christian? Is what they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and how they view the Lord, the big God that we served, what we heard about today. How do we view Him? The love for Him. I know where I was for many years. And their commitment to the will of God. That's a strong statement there. That defines lukewarm. Whether you're lukewarm or whether you're hot for Christ. It shapes our action, our affections, and our actions. If you are lukewarm today, lukewarm may not be the big problem. The pro- there might be a deeper problem, a deeper concern that you may have. You become lukewarm when you allow your love for God to fade. Brothers and sisters, we have a lot of things. We have a lot of wind blowing. We have a lot of wind blowing and beating vehemently upon us. A lot of strange voices. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. And we need to be on fire. We need to have the Word of God. We need to be rooted and grounded. Like it says in, in Luke 6, we need to have dug deep and we, we need to get down on the rock of Jesus Christ in order to stand. I say this carefully, but many don't dig deep enough. What about us? Have we, have we decided to dig? And dig deep. And set our lives, our affections, our actions, everything on the rock of Jesus Christ. That He can receive glory and honor. You become lukewarm. 
When your reverence for God fades, fades away. Both of these are an indication you are on a slide down a very slippery slope. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. A lukewarm person or people is someone who claims to be a follower of Jesus, but lives as though they are sufficient in themselves. The Bible says that we can do nothing without Him. Nothing. By the way, you didn't get out of bed without Him this morning. He was the reason you got up. He was the reason that you was able to hear. He was the reason that you was able to see and walk and drive to church. But, we sometimes think we're pretty sufficient on our own. I'm talking from experience. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, amen. You might even attend church. Pretty content in their own ways. Have a pretty good agenda. Wonder why people don't listen to me more. That's a great indication that you're on a slippery slope downward. Even though that agenda that I that you may have may be a good one. It may be nothing wrong with it. But it may not work everywhere. It may not work. So you need to blend them together. Lukewarmness comes out of that. Start rising up. I know I did that. By the way, I just want to iterate something here. I didn't become a Christian. I didn't become a sold-out Christian until I was 39 years old. I say that with a shame face. But I praise God that it happened. I wouldn't be standing where I'm standing today. Lord only knows where I'd be. We might even do a lot of charitable things. But only after weighing how it might benefit me or you. I don't want to, I'm not preaching a doom gloom message here today. But I will say this periodically. If you find yourself today on that slippery slope of lukewarmness, it's not over. It's not over. The Bible says so. In Revelation, it says, Be zealous, therefore, to what? Repent. That's good news. 
You're doomed. You're lukewarm. You're doomed. No. Be zealous to repent. Be zealous to repent. A Christian is a healthy relationship with the Lord. These are these statements here that I'm saying are very healthy. They're very I can't find a word for it. A Christian is a healthy relationship with the Lord will do the things of their because of their commitment for the love of God. A lukewarm person or people will dismiss their need for God. And disconnect from the concepts of a relationship with Him because they believe they are sufficient in themselves. Evidently, there's a great danger here of being sufficient in ourselves. Evidently. And I believe there is. Because I live most of my life thinking that away. I can do this thing by myself. And I don't want anybody to try to help me. I can tell you stories what the, and what that caused in our lives. In our married life. Horrible. Because I felt in my heart that I can do it on my own. And there's many things that I tried. Many things. <clears throat> Just going to insert something here, James. I hope you don't get upset at me about this. But Brother James and I, we grew up in the same community. I was this, maybe you can tell me what I was, James. I was this better than him. Because he did things that I would never do. Never. I'd never. Bear with me, James. Okay, I'm going to expose you a little bit here. I would never touch drugs. Never. Because I was taught that that was wrong. And it is. But he did. So I was brown nosing. And we were enemies because of it. Today, hallelujah. We can go to church together. We can come to organ together. That's the God that he was talking about this morning. That's able to be re- to reconcile. Bring his people together. And lukewarmness cannot be in there. It's got to go. It won't work. It's got to go. Revelations, uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 17. Because thou sayest I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing... And knoweth not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked.
That's a people that are confident in themselves. Cannot see their own need. Very seldom. That you'll see your own need. When you are confident in yourself. They seemingly have no need for God because they believe they have no need of Him. They remain neutral. When they should be standing for Him instead of standing for righteousness, they what? Compromise. Ever hear that word? Compromise. How many times are we tempted just to simply compromise? It's not so bad. Several weeks ago, we were down at the Mexico border. By the way, if I say several weeks, it could, I, don't, I don't have a time. I mean, I get, I forget where I went and where. I know where I was, but when I went there and how I come, I, I, that's all kind of. We were uh, witnessing down there on the migrant uh, situation, and sometime it would be uh, it would be a blessing to you all if I could ex- talk about that a little bit. Uh, but I don't have time to do that today. But I'm going to give you a testimony of a man that I met. When the word neutral comes up here. I met a man, he was in one of these camps, and right away he was, he speaking English very well, we was communicating, and pretty soon he realized that he got to put the brakes on here, because what I was talking to him about, he wasn't happy with. He says, sir, I don't believe anything that you're saying, keep that in mind. I have decided to stay neutral. And I picked up right away that he did believe some of the things I was saying. So, what did he tell me? He's going to be neutral. He's not going there. Of what I was saying. He's not going to be over here. He's going to be in the middle road. So he did recognize something. So what is he neutral of? Understand what I'm saying? Neutral is a dangerous place to be. Because somewhere you found out about something, you recognize something that you're going to be neutral from. Understand what I'm saying? Dangerous place to be. It's a good place, lukewarm. He should have just said, I'm just going to be lukewarm. Because I noticed that you're kind of hot and cold over here, so I'm just going to be right here. Anyways, I could tell you more about that man. <clears throat> so I left. I'm going to tell, share the testimony. You have to bear with me. I'll speed some things up here later. So we did. So I did. I left him go, and he was around there. He claimed to be a security guard for the for that camp. By the way, there were three thousand migrants in that camp because we would go and preach, sing and preach. We would go over this side, move around, kind of move around the camp and do the 
keep doing it several times a day. And every now and then I would notice him just kind of walking. And I, I decided, you know, I'm going to honor his request. Let me go. There was a time that I wouldn't have, but I, do, I learned how to do some of those things as time goes on. Anyways, uh, several weeks later, one of the volunteers, by the way, we, get, we bring in volunteers to go over the border with us. I was walking around there, and this guy called him over there. By the way, this guy claims, well, his name was not what he said. He said, my name is Lucifer. And he called him over there, and he made small talk with him. He said, would you pray for me? And I had not told this volunteer anything about this guy. He came to me and said, do you know a Lucifer? I said, yeah, I know him very well. We said, he asked me to pray for him. I said, really? And then he said, after I was done praying, he says, if you tell that James guy that you prayed for me, he won't believe it. And I didn't. He said, will you tell him one more thing? Will he get me an English Bible? And a pair of glasses so I could read it. Hallelujah. He was coming out of the neutral position. Why? Because of the influence of God's people. And I'm not lifting. It's just facts. And God loves facts. Amen? I don't know where he's at today, but believe it or not, he got an English Bible and he got a pair of reading glasses. And I had the opportunity to give them to him. And he promised me he's going to read the Bible. What's going to happen to him if he reads that Bible and he reads it to see what's in it and what it says, he'll become a child of the king. It may be five years down the road. It may be sooner than that. It may be longer than that. Anyways, neutral. Don't go there. When a body of Christ becomes neutral, we also come ineffective. We start to change the standards of righteousness to our this is very strong. We start to change the standards of righteousness to our own agenda. <clears throat> A lukewarm person aids the ad- Age the agenda of an enemy without even knowing it. We start listening. We start listening and we start gathering, gathering it up here. Don't even know it. Don't even know it. There's another, uh, there's the verse that I just read from the King James Version. There's another version of it that reads it like this. Uh, 
and the angel of the church of Laodiceans write these things, things, say the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That's pretty strong. It's pretty serious, brothers and sisters. If we feel ourselves, if we feel ourselves slipping into this position, we need to, there's only one way that you're going to recognize that you're slipping in that slippery slope of lukewarmness is to get into the Word of God. Because I'm not sure that you know it yourselves. I can't tell you. But I know this can. I believe one of the one of the greatest indications that you could be a lukewarm Christian is this. When you don't care for the lost and dying. Maybe. And we have many of those out there. By the way, I don't know if these statistics are right. But I read already this. That two, 318,000 people are going to die in the next 24 hours. And 275,000 of them are going to go into a Christless eternity. And the burden for that is gone. If the burden for that is gone, that's a pretty good indication that you may be in the avenue of lukewarmness. Maybe. Forgive me if I'm saying some strong things here today, but I would really encourage you to take a look. Let's take an inventory. Let's have an open heart surgery today. Let's lay that thing out on the table. And let's take a look at every chamber and see where we're at. According to this. Not with what I'm saying here today. Not at all, please. Go here. This is safe. This will never leave you. This will never be wrong. It will stand forever. Hallelujah. Lukewarm person or people cause the church to stop doing the will of the Lord and begin living for themselves. What's worse is that it teaches we can do it without consequences. I can do this without suffering. I can do this without facing any consequences. All choices will have a consequence. Lukewarm Christians don't really want to be saved from their sins. They just want to be saved from the consequences of their sin. Sin has a consequence. And many people don't like it. Some do. But you get very few people that would admit that they like the sin they're in.
They just want to be safe from that. They want to be saved from the consequences, which they don't understand the consequences. If they would have the Word of God before them and they read the Word of God, they would pretty soon find out what the consequences are going to be. Another question. Are lukewarm Christians saved? They are if they repent. That's all I can say on that one. But it calls for repentance. It calls. You need to turn and repent. And it's available. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father. The will of my Father. A lukewarm person or people, they believe a polluted gospel. Oh, I could share some things that I've experienced in my travels. But I'm not here to do that today. I'm here to warn us. We are not exempt to fall in these categories. Because we are human. And we are still in this battle. We're still in the race. We're still dealing with the flesh that's within us. And we have the ability to fall. Only by the grace of God that we're able to stand. And stand here. A relationship with Jesus... And a commitment to walk with Him are two essentials for salvation. Very few can do it. I'm going to read uh, verse 18, 19, 21, and 22 of Revelations 3. Actually, I'm just going to start at 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and, and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. I will come him, into him and will sup with him and with me. And he will sup with me. He will. But you've got to open the door for him. This is the hope for the lukewarm Christian. Open the door. Because I believe he's knocking. You hear him? This is the beautiful part of, the, of being a lukewarm Christian. 
There's a way out. And here it is. That's what I love about this. He that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Even as I overcome. And I am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear. Let him hear. What the Spirit saith unto the churches. I'm going to have to bring this thing to a close. There's, I'm not going to get through it. Much as I would have loved to. What are some signs? We're going to talk a little bit about that. Signs of being a lukewarm. You are content without Jesus. A lukewarm person does have any desire to spend with him in prayer. Worship in, Bi- worship in the Bible to serve alongside of him. Ignore the teachings and convictions. You don't allow others, the Holy Spirit, even the Bible to counsel you. You welcome, listen to this, you welcome and value teachings of philosophers. Lord, help us. And thought leaders to over, over the full gospel of God. Notice how it says, the full gospel of God. Paul says, and I'm not sure where he says it, that I record today that I will preach, I'm paraphrasing this, I will preach the whole counsel of God. Why? Why did he make a commitment to preach the whole counsel of God? So he don't have blood on his hands. I believe that we have many, many, quote, pastors that are going to come before the... I'm not, I'm not judging here by no means. Please understand me. I'm just giving you a warning. That if we don't preach the whole counsel of God. We're going to come before the throne of... The throne. And we're going to be found short. And we're going to hear the words. I never knew you. Let one counsel out. And that's what we're going to hear. Unless we repent. And bring forth the whole gospel. You would rather remain neutral. Here comes that word again. Than live set apart. Than set apart. It's not wrong to look different. You begin to use your voice to advocate your preferences. And some of them might not be wrong. And some of them you may want to keep to yourself. Your confidence lies in your possessions. Oh, that's a big one. We have a lot, don't we? When you spend seven weeks down at the Mexico border, then you realize how much we really do have. How much am I relying on my possessions? I'm here to tell you 
if we rely on our possessions and our money, we're going to fall in the lukewarm position and very quickly. Because it's sufficient. I can do just about anything I want to with all the money that I have. By the way, I wasn't going to preach that, sorry. Maybe it's just a warning. We're living in a rich America. By the way, those migrants, why do they want to come to America? What is the main phrase that you hear from the migrants? A better life. Better job. More money. How soon can we? And why do they want to go to America? Why don't they go to China for that? Because I believe we're loaded with possessions. The abundance of possessions. I'm going to give you seven, then I'm going to bring it to this and I'm bring this to a close. Seven steps. How to stay away from lukewarmness. How to overcome. You need to first and foremost acknowledge that you need a Savior. That's pretty simple there, right? And delight in the biblical teachings. Value. Value the wisdom and the counsel of God. There is wisdom. Prioritize choices that protect and honor your relationship with Jesus. Very vital that we 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 take care. We watch our what for choices we make on a daily basis. So critical. I believe every day it says to Jesus over and over again I believe every day we need to ask our Lord and Savior Lord you need to help me today because I don't think I can make it through this day there's this thing before me I just don't know we just need to cry out to him every day by the way he's every day every day he has his outstretched hands over you All day long, it says. He never lets them down. And he's waiting for you to say, yes, Lord. I have this need. Will you help me? And he still don't let his hands down. Did you ever try that for a while? It doesn't work very long for me. We need to seek after righteousness and model love. Encourage both. (laughs) 
Blessed is a man who walks not after the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Question. Is your delight today in the law of the Lord? And he meditates day and night. The Lord gives gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up some wisdom. You want wisdom today? In how to stay from falling in the category of lukewarmness? Seek God's wisdom and his understanding. His knowledge. This is a great. I'm going to close with this phrase right here. I'd have more to share when my time is up, has been up. He is a shield. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. So today, if you find yourself in that category of lukewarmness, please deal with it. There's a place in there, I I, I didn't read it off to you, but it says you have no value. And I'm not 100% sure that I agree with that. But let's just take a look at that. Let's just think about that. That's pretty strong. But let me ask you a question. Are you of any value for the kingdom of God, for the lost and dying world, if I have decided to be lukewarm? I'm okay. I don't need to listen. And just settle it. Settle it here. Amen? Amen. And God is faithful and he is just to help you through it. God bless you. Turn time over to moderator.